This project is supported by a charitable donation from Pfizer Limited. Hello, I'm Victoria Derbyshire. I was 46 years old and getting on with my happy life. I didn't feel as though I had a care in the world. And then came breast cancer. This podcast, brought to you by the Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity, is for those of you who've experienced a moment like that. And for everyone in your life that's affected too. Your family, your friends, your work colleagues, the people who are caring for you, who hold you close, the people you lean on. It's a podcast for that moment and for what happens next. This episode is called Breast Cancer in Men. And I have one man who is going to talk about his experiences. Hi, Phil. Do introduce yourself. Hello, Victoria. Um, yeah, hi, I'm I'm Phil Alderson. Uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016. Uh, I live on the Wirral. I've got a daughter. Um, I'm a t-shirt designer. I, yeah, I had breast cancer. It was a bit of a weird experience. Which we're going to talk about. And I would like, mm. Phil, to take you back to the moment when you were told in 2016 that you, as a 44-year-old man, had breast cancer. Can you describe your emotions? Okay, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll forewarn you. I'm, I'm feeling quite emotional today. I don't know why. Okay, that's fine. And, and just even mentioning how I felt is kind of already stirring some emotions. Okay. Um, so I'll look after you, Phil, don't worry. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so basically it happened so fast, I didn't even, I, I went to the appointments literally within two weeks of finding a lump and completely unaware that the one of the options they could say is you've got cancer or we think you might have cancer. And that's exactly what happened and it was it was just the most surreal um moment yeah it was i mean it was just it was just weird and and, and I, I remember i was just focusing on the date on on the form because they had to confirm that i was who i was and i was just looking at the date and um and, and then they introduced me to my macmillan nurse mm. i was strangely calm Obviously, I got upset after it sunk in after a few seconds, um, and then I was guided to the the uh, lilac room to uh, to have a cup of tea with my Macmillan nurse. And I must admit, it kind of the first thing that kind of sprung to mind was this isn't how my life was supposed to be. Mm. Um, I think I mean that was a culmination of a few other things that were going on in my life at the, at, at the time. Where I've got uh, my daughter who's is disabled, and um, obviously <laughs> you don't think these things are going to happen to you, but they do. I mean, obviously they just happen to normal people like you know, like you or me. So you you were strangely calm. What else? Well, to be honest with you, I think because it happened so quickly, I didn't have time to process it. And I think this is why now I can, I can get quite upset quite easily just by someone saying, oh, you know, how did you feel on that day? Because um, the NHS kind of like just swept me on, under the wing and, and looked after me and 
obviously did everything that they needed us to do and they were absolutely amazing. And then I kind of came out the other side, like within within eight weeks, I was like, right, go home. You, It's all good. And and then I was like, what just happened? It was just, I mean, which which was amazing from a, from a health point of view. And, you know, I think obviously, well, strangely, like recently I've been kind of thinking, I've seen figures about, recurrence of breast cancer and obviously it's quite frightening because I'm coming to my five-year anniversary of being diagnosed and the, and, and the figures are you know 50% of men are, are dead by this point and I'm like well that's I'm one of these people it's weird mm. um and then like a lot of men don't live to see 10 years after the after their original diagnosis and I'm like this is just I don't think again I probably don't want to dwell on those things but they are real things and no one really asks me about them or anything like that do you think it can in some ways be harder because you're a man it sounds really strange but i didn't really give it much thought Mm. i just turned up at appointments when they asked me to turn up did whatever they told me to do eat what they told me to eat reduce alcohol eat less red meat and and they were like, we just want you to be as healthy as possible for your operation. And it kind of like it was it was strange because obviously, like, you know, I mentioned about the lilac room, and mm. that was that was a bra fitting room. And obviously, all the leaflets I was then given was is all pink. Yeah. And but I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know, maybe I'm confident enough in myself to not worry about what people think. Because I mean, I'm I'm quite happy to talk about it. I'm quite happy to share my story. And I'm like, I'm just hoping that, you know man or woman if someone experiences what I did which was finding a lump that wasn't normally there you know deals with it or a lump anywhere that is um and so I'm that's my kind of like focus um so what did you find Phil and how big was it and where was it so it was tight it was tiny it was absolutely tiny um so uh, I was I was lounging on the sofa and I was play fighting with my daughter Evie and she elbowed me in the chest and I didn't instantly think hold on what's that but I was like that that didn't feel too great and later that afternoon in that same area, I was kind of like, I just had a bit of a scratch. I mean, obviously, I think it just been irritated a little bit. And I just scratched around the uh, around my left nipple. And and there was a tiny pea, pea-sized lump mm. directly behind the nipple. Um, so I was like, right, okay, that's not supposed to be there. I'm pretty certain of that. Um, so this was a Sunday afternoon. And... Didn't, didn't tell anyone and Monday morning, half past eight, rang the GP and then um, half past nine, I was in front of uh, the locum uh, GP and getting it looked at. Um, it wasn't painful, really. Um, like I say, it was about the size of a pea, it was tiny. She just said, we'll, we'll, get, it, we'll get it checked out, you'll get... Um, you'll get an appointment within two weeks, which obviously I've now found out as the the breast screening program, yeah. where you're guaranteed to be seen within two weeks. 
And um, yeah, but she was she was tugging at it. To, I think she was trying to work out what it was connected to, and obviously you, you could kind of see it was connected to the back of the nipple. Um, yeah, um, I I luckily I actually I went back into the GP soon afterwards and, and met her again, and mm. I was like, I'm so grateful that you didn't just ignore it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the figures are a lot of men's breast cancer gets ignored purely because either the, the, the man ignores it, the, the GP doesn't think it's going to be anything serious. And by that time, it's, it, it, you know, the tumour's grown. So eventually, Phil, what were you diagnosed with? Stage two, grade three, uh, breast cancer. Okay. And just for people who don't understand the language around or just for people who want to learn more about what that terminology means, the stage of a cancer describes the size of a tumour and how far it spread from where it originated. And the grade is how slow or fast it's growing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look, I mean, look, luckily, I mean, I had to wait for the results after my, so I had a mastectomy. Um, so that's, uh, so I'm going to pause you there, Phil, because that <laughs> just sounds so weird to me. You had a mastectomy. Yeah. Um, I want you to describe what what that what they did to you because you don't have a there isn't a breast in the way I'm imagining a breast, is there? No, I mean I'm pretty flat chested. Um, <laughs> I mean it's it's just a procedure. I mean I've obviously like all men have a tiny little bit of breast mm-hmm. tissue behind the nipple, mm-hmm. um, which I think when you're just you know when you're kind of kind of conceived obviously like the, the the bit of i mean this is layman's terms but obviously the bit that men and women share is 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 the is the nipple and the breast tissue yeah um so obviously um it's exactly the same procedure obviously they just remove less um i've got about a two and a half three inch scar on my left hand side um, and the nipple's gone. Nipple's gone. I've still got the other one. Mm-hmm. But I said, well, at the time I was like, do you want to take the other one? I mean, I'm not really using it. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> um, I think more other people are more affected by the obviously like kind of terms that people kind of think are more female terms. Mm. But obviously it's just a medical procedure, which is having the, the breast tissue removed. Um, male or female, so um, yeah. And you said earlier it was essentially done and dusted within eight weeks, which suggests you didn't need chemotherapy and radiotherapy. You had some yeah. quite hurtful comments from others about the fact that you you weren't having chemo and radiotherapy. Yeah, someone said that you've not really had a cancer diagnosis unless you've had chemo or radiotherapy and yeah I found that I found that quite difficult to to hear and especially when it was repeated to me I was um I found that quite difficult did you say anything uh, no you just took well, it no. okay so I just I actually just said that I said I'm finding that quite hard to right. kind of like you know to to hear you say that to my face is quite I found that quite difficult um what effect did it have on you i reverted to my my go-to um kind of self 
care kind of thing, which was I would I would drive to Maggie's and just turn up on their door and and I, and I would I would just be obviously like distressed and they'd give me a cup of tea and just be a good you know a Saturday is mm. for me to kind of like talk to and just you know share how how I was feeling and then have a you know they gave me a lot of time and I'm you know I'm really really grateful for for the Maggie's charity because they were so good um and obviously like I'm now involved with other charities that are doing like such amazing things and supporting people that are going through this like weird this weird diagnosis have you talked to male survivors of breast cancer now? Yeah, only a few. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I was because I was diagnosed quite youngish. Mm. Um, the majority of men that that get diagnosed with breast cancer are kind of like you know over sixty, and I was forty-four. Mm. Um, since then, though, I have been contacted online by. Um, males who have found the lump, who have been younger than me. Um, And, you know, all all I've done is encourage, I'm like encouraging them just get to the doctors, you know, um, just early diagnosis can just, is is the key to winning the game, I Mm. think, you know. Do you have the same conversations with male survivors that you do with female survivors? What do you talk about to a, to a bloke who's also had breast cancer? I mean, obviously, it's a different thing. So, obviously, um, I can speak directly about feelings of a mastectomy scar with a man about a man's point of view, whereas I've not really... I don't think I've really discussed that with a, with a female survivor. I don't know. I mean, I still... I'm kind of obviously, like obviously for women it's in a it's in a you know a personal area so i maybe it's it's a you know it might not might not be appropriate for me to kind of let's do it now phil have you got you've got obviously you've got a scar yeah i mean it's it's, i've got a longish scar under my right where my right breast used to be which is where my mastectomy was um but it's i mean it's really really faded over time and there was hardly anything there actually it was a bit red when I'd had the surgery um it's not an issue for me at all and even if it was really really visible it wouldn't be an issue for me I know it is for some people um I just feel grateful that the cancer is gone I don't mind the scar what about you yeah well I was offered um the last appointment I had with my consultants, he said that, did you want to kind of investigate these 3D nipple tattoos? Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, no, do you know what? And it's actually, okay, so this was, I had a conversation with a guy in America, but he was a, um, he had testicular cancer and he was in one of my uh, Facebook groups I was part of, like literally as I, as I was diagnosed and, and he gave me an interesting point of view. He said he kind of he wore the survivor kind of badge as a like literally as a badge of kind of like of honor of like mm-hmm. being a being a survivor and and obviously he's not going to show his scar off but um his he was happy to talk about it because it was something that he was like I've over overcame and 
um, survived. It was it was a it was a positive thing, and I think that kind of stuck in my mind. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's not something that I want to particularly hide or I'm ashamed of. Or I mean, anyone that knows me is, will know. You know, I've done quite a few interviews, and I'm happy to share my story. And um, it's it's nothing I'm I'm trying to hide. Sure. It's it's something it's something I'm I actually think, you know, it's a positive thing to share the story. Um it's and it's a bit of a cliche, but I'm like, if it if I save, if I help save one person's life because they go to the doctor, because they hear my story, then that's job done. Absolutely. Whether you are back at work, traveling, or planning your wardrobe for a special occasion. Take time to express yourself through your clothes. None of us want to be stereotyped. We are all individuals, and the designers at Marina Rinaldi create collections that can help you step away from the everyday to the new you. I mean, thankfully, you didn't hang around before going to to the GPs, but we know that quite a lot of men do put it off. How do you get men to A, look for signs of breast cancer and B, act on it? So to get people to check themselves, obviously there's, a, there's quite a big campaign, which seems to be, it does mention men occasionally, but there's this like feel it on the first mm-hmm. um, hashtag, which is obviously I'm, I'm behind totally. Um, and if it can't, I suppose it's kind of just, we just want everyone to check themselves and know they're normal. That's that's the key. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think for me, it was always a case of I. I remember it being uh, being younger, and and this statistic which said a lot of men won't go to the GPs because they're worried about this, that, and the other. And I that always stuck in my mind, and I thought I'm not going to be one of those men. Um, so I've tried to be quite proactive with my health and, and uh, you know, luckily on this occasion, it was absolutely the right thing to do. Mm. Obviously, we're talking about this on a podcast now, and I really want to encourage anyone who's listening to get in touch and share their own experiences, I particularly like to hear from men as well as women. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Vic Derbyshire. But on a normal day, Phil, how often do you think about the fact that you have come through breast cancer? I don't think I consciously think about breast cancer. Mm. Um, I like to think I took quite, because of, because of kind of like spoke to a lot of people about it. I like to think now ingrained in my personality is you're not going to live forever. Life is very short. Um, don't sweat the small stuff. Say yes to more things. God, Phil, you sound like me. Honestly, uh, <laughs> this is so. Uh, this these are exactly the thoughts I had. Those exact phrases. Don't sweat the small stuff. Say yes to things. You know. Yeah. Don't wait for a cancer diagnosis to just go for it. That's that's a, that's one of my mantras mm-hmm. now to kind of share with other people. Don't, you know, if people are waiting for a sign to make that change in their life, 
if if I'm the sign, let me be the sign for you. Otherwise, find another find another sign, but do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so what have you done post cancer that you wouldn't have done pre cancer? I probably wouldn't be speaking to you really? for a start. Well, okay, that, that's <laughs> obviously because this is about breast cancer. Okay, so that's cool. What else? I okay, so I've I've started modelling, which blue it's just blew my mind is such an amazing thing obviously i did a a modeling campaign mm. for future dreams last year which was an amazing experience um and i've done a couple of different photo shoots for a few different fashion brands and yeah i mean that is just it it was mind blowing to be to be asked in the first place. Now, obviously, I got the, I got the initial modelling job because of the breast cancer mm-hmm. it was a breast can- cancer campaign, but it was a professional um, photo shoot, and it was it was like being a celebrity for the day. Oh. It was uh, it was amazing, mm. but obviously they had a good course, a good it was a yeah. good cause behind yeah, yeah. it. Uh, but since then, I've done a job for Spec Savers. I've done a job for a Portuguese fashion brand oh my god um <laughs> i actually did that with my daughter so like they asked oh. both of us to do it yeah. um so that was, that was really good um to say shortly after my first modeling job i i saw a an advert on facebook again for the support charity maggie's mm. um and they were looking for volunteers to do a strictly come dancing event and i just said yes immediately mm. i was like yeah i'm in regardless I'm in partly because they'd helped me so much yeah and I was like I've got to see if I can dance I've got to I've got to try can you so I got I'll show you the video one day it's a bit (laughs) it's the scariest thing I've ever done well now how can it be the scariest thing you've ever done you've had a mastectomy you've gone through life-saving surgery that wasn't scary oh really (laughs) did you have no anxieties okay um I had a bit of a, it was the night before I got my, the results. Mm. So I'd had them, obviously I've had the surgery and I had to wait two weeks to find out whether I needed chemo or radiotherapy. That The night before that, yeah, I, I, I did, I did struggle, but, and, and again, this was something that I do recommend to people. I actually rang the Samaritans. Um, I I just left the house and I went I went for a walk and I was like, this is this is quite a hard thing to kind of process. Um, but then I was like, who who do I talk to? So I ended up sitting in a in a beer garden and and I rang the Samaritans and they were and they kind of like just it really really helped. And um, can I ask Phil? Did you ring the Samaritans for someone to talk to, or did you ring the Samaritans because you felt in a really dark place? Uh, I, I mean, I guess both, but obviously I wasn't. I mean, I don't. I was quite pleased then when I mentioned the Samaritans that I didn't add on. I wasn't going to do anything, right? Because that's what I've been doing. I've been saying to people, "Oh, I rang the Samaritans." I wasn't going to do anything. Um, for me, if you're in a really difficult situation and you're struggling mentally just to kind of like process it you need to speak to somebody you do and um you know i've got no embarrassment about having 
having wrong the Samaritans. Um, they they were the person I spoke to. I mean, obviously, I'll never know who that person mm. was, but she she just completely calmed me down and put me in a better place. So she was like, she goes, um, she goes, you're at a fork in the road, and she goes you've got to, to find out which way you're going to go in this fork in the road. You go, you know, you've got to turn up tomorrow and get the results and find out. I mean, that's the gist of it. Yeah. An hour's phone call, but that's, and I was like, yeah, do you know what? I've, I do. Mm-hmm. I've got to, um, uh, I actually ended up that night. I walked to Sainsbury's and I, I created a, a t-shirt based upon something that my daughter would whispered in, in my ear that, a couple of weeks earlier so um my daughter has got down syndrome and she never she didn't understand what was going on and one morning obviously i knew i was gonna um have surgery and and one morning um she just kind of like whispered in my ear she was like daddy be brave and like it's just i don't know yeah um and so I made the night before I went to get my results. I made a Be Brave T-shirt, and then I'm like, because she was in school that, that day, I got her to kind of like draw a little picture on the bottom of the T-shirt. So on on my photographs where I go to get my results, I'm wearing my Be Brave T-shirt, and she's drawn a little picture on the bottom. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean, she still doesn't understand what kind of like what what happened or. Um, or what I went through, but she's been like s- such a such a help and a, a positive thing in my life. Um, while I was obviously going through the diagnosis, she just wanted to play. She was like, you know, let's go on the trampoline, let's play outside, let's go in the sun. And I was just like, yeah, do you know what? She's absolutely right. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Dwelling on what could happen? I should just go out and, have, and enjoy yourself. Mm. Were you ever told? why you got it so i'm i'm i might get this wrong i'm receptor i'm estrogen receptor positive Mm -hmm. so that's a a chemical imbalance in obviously in my in my body where i was producing slightly too much estrogen i think i think that's the gist of it uh so i'm on tamoxifen which is a estrogen blocker yeah are you on tamoxifen or did you have yeah, tamoxifen? Yeah, I'm on tamoxifen, yeah. Um, so I'm on my four and a half years into my tamoxifen and someone hinted that they're now asking people to carry it on for 10 years. I'm doing it for 10 years, yeah. Right, so I don't know whether, I don't know whether what's going to happen at my next appointment. Mm. Um, yeah, so obviously you and I, have zero estrogen in our bodies i guess yeah that's right um do you were you because of your daughter were you offered genetic testing to see if there was any inherited potential you know your daughter being more predisposed to to developing cancer yeah well i mean of course the actual i was offered genetic counseling which i i went i you know, obviously I went through and went to this, the hospital in, in Liverpool and 
the thing to remember is obviously like the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene can affect men as well as women. So um, the the only thing is they they said if so actually even before they gave me the results they said your daughter now will have uh, mammograms starting ten years uh, sooner than normal. Um, you know anyone else just purely because i had had breast cancer mm-hmm. and they said if if you're found to have the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene that'll that'll reduce by another 10 years so it would be she would start having mammograms at age 30 mm-hmm. um luckily for me I, I don't carry the gene um so so she will start mammograms at 40 yeah um so that that was that was good but obviously the thing to remember is you know obviously men Men can carry it just as e- easily as as women. So, um, and it can be passed down generations. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously they they took me through my family tree and they were like they were looking for patterns, but there wasn't there isn't any any history of um, breast cancer in my family. So it was just one of those things. They literally yeah. just said it was just one of those things for a woman um, having a having a breast removed kind of somehow affects their femininity there it can do um yeah i mean i i can I, you know i can cons- totally see that and i wonder it whether that me. was the reason just 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 for what it's worth it didn't for me yeah so so i thought well look, women don't want to talk about it because it affects potentially undermines their fe- femininity mm. and men don't want to talk about it because it aff- undermines their masculinity so i was like i'm going to be the person that wants to talk about it cool i'm gonna yeah so i'm just gonna put myself out there and and you know if if someone has it finds a lump goes through what i went through comes out the other side and doesn't share it with anybody but they did it because they they heard someone else's story well that's that's just amazing i think totally um I often ask people on this podcast what they were like pre-cancer. Now, obviously, you've said, you know, you say yes to things now, you do things that perhaps you wouldn't have done before. But what sort of man were you then? Pre-cancer? I mean, I suppose, like, if I'm being completely honest, I was already, I probably haven't changed that much. I've probably just given myself an excuse to do the things that I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I used the diagnosis as that excuse um but again I, I suppose all that excuse really is is uh, acknowledgement of you're not here for a long time yeah um yeah so I I I like I say I want to be I want to be that that sign for somebody. So uh, you know, I've I've now tried to help uh, people kind of f- follow their own dreams, and I've I've written a book about how to set up your own online store in an afternoon. And I'm like, you know, if that's something that you wanted to do, it's so easy to do, and you just have to have the confidence to go. Do you know what? I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning to write an, uh, an, another book with all these bits of stories that I'm uh, that obviously I've been through and I'm, I'm sharing. And um, again, 
probably five years ago, I probably would have thought, Phil, you can't write a book, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Yeah, I, I, I think I was always, I don't know, um, I was never going to toe the line as regards being in the rat race and, and, and having a normal nine to five job. Um, and I think the diagnosis just kind of like helped me confirm that. Having had breast cancer, what's your view of how we approach it in this country when it comes to men? I, I don't even think it needs to be specifically uh, breast cancer. I just think it needs to be, you know, about general awareness of your own health and well-being. Um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the person that is going to be starting a a men's breast cancer support group because it's such a tiny niche thing. However, I might, I might <laughs> change my mind in the future, mm. but, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, um, I just think it's just breast cancer awareness generally for men and women is, is, is important. So what, um, so, so for any man listening now, what do they need to do physically? What practically, what should they be doing that they might not be? You can do a monthly um, self self check. Um, that will definitely you you will you will notice a difference if you um, if if you find anything. Uh, the other thing is obviously like you know if you're get your partner to be aware of what your normal is as well, and, and vice versa, because um, I think that's quite important. Um, and and a monthly self check. What we're talking about is get, getting a couple of fingers and just moving it over your breast area. For a man, over your chest, behind the nipple, under the uh, armpits, because we need to check the lymph nodes there up there. You might, you know, potentially you could find a small lump there. So it's just checking that whole area. And as you said earlier, Phil, working out what you normally feel like, so that if there is a difference, you you feel it immediately and you know it's not your normal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, it's very, I'm trying to even think how often I, I, I check myself in like my testicles. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's something I probably, I'm not as doing it as often as I probably should. Um, so it's a, it's a similar thing. I think it's one of those things for, as regards men, just don't overlook the breast tissue. It's, yeah. it's, it's there. Yeah. It can, it can happen. Chances are it won't because it's like so rare in men. But um, yeah, it's um, I just want people to have the conversation. So even even if even if a man then notices a lump in the, in his partner partner's breast, mm. then obviously he's he's more aware of of just being aware of changes in lumps and 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 what the normal is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Finally, Phil, what would you say to any man listening right now who might be going through breast cancer? So, I mean, this is a mantra that I kind of like live by that is all, it's always come true in the end. And that is, it will be fine. It will be fine. And I know everyone's, I can't speak from a point of view of someone that's going through chemo, but I'm sure at some point you will reach 
in the future, it you'll go, do you know what? It it was bad, but it's it's okay now. Um yeah, it's it I think all all my way through life. So even when I found out my that my daughter had Down syndrome, that like destroyed like my perception of what the future was going to be like was just horrendous. And then the reality is just completely different. And I think that applies with uh, uh, breast cancer diagnosis as well. You know, you can think the worst, but in reality, if you get the right support and you do the right thing, which is get to the GP, then everything should be okay. Phil, thank you so much. You have been so honest and I've you've let me ask so many different questions and I'm really really grateful for your for your frank openness and your insight. No not at all it's been my absolute pleasure to speak to you and you know I really hope it helps. It definitely will Phil honestly it definitely will. If you would like any more information about, about breast cancer whether you're a man or a woman please do get in touch with the Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity and as I mentioned earlier if you want to contact me really would love you to and we'll feed some of your messages um, we'll start feeding some of your messages into these podcasts I'm on Instagram and Twitter it's at Vic Derbyshire and then came Breast Cancer is a factory original and 6 foot 6 production Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity hopes you found this podcast helpful. We fund awareness, support and research. If you would like to help us do more, please text WE CARE to 7500 to make a £5 donation or visit our website at futuredreams.org.uk forward slash donate. Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity will receive 100% of your donation. Text costs your donation plus one standard rate text message, UK only. Always get the bill payer's permission. We would like to contact you on your mobile phone with news and updates. If you would rather opt out, then please add no info to the end of your message. For example, we care no info. Thank you again for listening.